Welcome to the Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Manchester campus. Last week we ended our series, the Roots series, and that was such a powerful series, wasn't it? Did you guys get a lot out of that? Man, I got so much out of it. And myself and Pastor Kevin Shepard and I, we were talking and we just felt like there was one more thing, one more thing that, that we felt like we, we needed to share with regards to roots. And um, this root is actually the oldest root of all history, but I'm not going to give away exactly what it is yet. Um, I actually want to start out by reading you scripture. So if you've got your Bibles, jump open to Genesis 3 with me. Genesis 3. And Pastor Kevin is not in the room right now to actually appreciate the fact that I brought a prop for him today. And these two guys are here, they're representing something huge. So uh, even though they're little, oh, don't fall, dude. It's going to happen a lot, I'm afraid. Um, Genesis 3, starting in verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you, sh- you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and, and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of, the fruit, of its fruit and ate And she also gave it to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Pay close attention to verse 7 here. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. See, the very first emotion spoken of or names is fear. In the, in the entire Bible, the first emotion is, that is spoken of human emotion is fear. It's the first negative emotion. I should just capitalize on that. But what's more intriguing to me is that the, this emotion, this negative emotion of fear, was not just a result of them eating of the fruit it actually happened much earlier than that. It, it didn't even happen as a result of them opening up their eyes. They, they knew, right? Their eyes were open. It wasn't just a result of that. To me, this is 
this is a direct result of doubt. It's not just a flick of a switch or something like a flick of the switch in the cosmos of spirituality, too. It didn't just like happen inside of them, kind of like if you just eat of this tree, then this is going to happen. What happened is that they, it was the result of ultimately them doubting the word of God. God's word. You see, God did command them not to eat. But the enemy came in and distorted, and he does what he does, and he twisted everything all around. And ultimately, this led to Eve's doubting, the lack of faith, the attack of faith in Eve and Adam. Where was Adam? He was right beside her. He's just as faulty. We're talking about the root of fear. See, it's primal, but it's a, it's a thief. Fear is a thief. And we all do stupid things when we're fearful, right? Guys, just right now, take a second and think. Go back. You might not want to think about this too much, but think about your past. And what did you do? It could have been this week where you did something stupid because of fear. You guys want to throw something out? What did you guys do as a result of being afraid? Okay, it might take a second. (laughs) Several things come to my mind real quick. You see, people make... Foolish decisions based on fear. See, what, what Eve did was irrational. There were, there were reasons that she had gone through in her mind to get to the place where she ended up doubting God's word. See, you see it in every area of life where people are motivated by fear to do things. See, fear drives political Um, decisions. It drives people to vote. Think about it. What are we hearing in in this whole voting season? It's just all, everything's based on fear. You vote for this guy, it's going to screw up the whole world. You vote for that guy, it's going to screw up the whole world. I mean, they're back and forth and back, and they're trying to get an emotional response for you. They want to create an area of fear that he's the answer and this one is not the answer. That if you vote for this guy, you're going to make the wrong decision. It's all based on fear. Now, it also drives Wall Street. It, 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 drives, it drives our personal finances, actually. But, but let's just put a comma on that and say that there is such thing as healthy fear. Who here snowboards and skis? Right? Now, at one point in my life, and I would say probably before all the neurons in my brain had actually made perfect connections. Um, I used to be a pretty aggressive snowboarder. And I would huck myself off of these little kickers like it was nothing and not even think about what was below it. I wouldn't even look at what was below it. I'll just say, hey, I'll take it as it comes. And I took those, those hits over and over and over again and I would get hurt. In fact, I have two, three, four um, 
uh, injuries related to snowboarding. But now, as an adult, well, as a married adult with children, I, um, I, I definitely second-guess, and I can tell you, I was out snowboarding one day, and, and uh, this was, I think I was engaged. And I was going down the mountain, and I, I saw that kicker. And just something inside of me just came over me. Guys, you've got to be there with me. <laughs> because all of a sudden, I had this fear that pierced me and said, don't go off that jump because if you crash, she needs you. Right? Right? And all of a sudden, it was like, quick diversion. <laughs> I, just, I became what they call a slope, uh, no, not a slope style, a free, freestyle I basically just go down the darn hill. <laughs> so it, it took a moment of fear. So there's healthy fear, right? The what if, and I could get hurt. But there is an unhealthy fear, and there's a fear that actually paralyzes you, right? It's paralyzing. And I want you to watch this video here just for a second. No, no goats were hurt in that filming. Um <laughs> There is an actual scientific re- reason for that, and they have a, uh, um, I don't know if they would call it a defect, but it basically when fear strikes you, that, that, that boost of adrenaline, it actually tightens up the muscles. Every, even humans feel this, but whereas our brains then say to release, the brain, the, the brain does not send the signal to make the muscles release in the animals, and so they just freeze, fall over, and then finally it wiggles all out, and then they get up and run, run again. So, uh, but the point is, is that fear, fear can paralyze you. It can make you tense up and then just, and what are the things in your life that, that God is telling you to do in your life? Or God is leading you to that fear just overtakes you and, and, and makes you freeze up, um, and prevents you from moving on. That's the kind of fear that I'm talking about. See, sometimes fear can actually just prevent you from moving out because, you know, we, I'm, I'm more comfortable. I don't want to deal with that. I don't, the what ifs. It, keep, it keeps you from experiencing true freedom. Now, fear robs you from the things that God wants to give you. This is an unhealthy route. God wants to give you things like experiences, like stepping out into a new job. God wants to give you things like maybe taking on more responsibility or going out on the limb to ask someone out for the first time. Maybe even for signing up for college classes and you haven't been to college in years. But there's that, that fear prevents you from moving forward. Maybe from moving from one location to the next location, right? What if I don't get a job in this new location? But God is calling you to move and you just, ah, I'm just going to go. I'm going to move out. I'm going I'm to trust in God. Maybe uh, God wants to give you a deeper relationship with him, with Jesus. But there's a fear. I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to give myself away that as much as I'm fearful of what I will become when I am closer to you in relationship. 
See, God also wants to give you meaningful relationships in church or in life group or at school functions, things that you do in your life, and you, you know that you need to invest a little bit more into those areas of relationship, but you're fearful. How about ministering to others? You want to go start something in your own community, but you're fearful of how, how much it's going to take. It's going to, you might be fearful of what, what the community might think of you or, or you know, have to deal with all the, all the outside things for making the organizational things to make that ministry take off. Or maybe it's a, even just as simple as a commitment to your church. Maybe it's a commitment to your life group, things like that. See, Serving in the church, another area that people sometimes get afraid of because they might, they, they might get, uh, they're, they're afraid that they might get roped into something for too long. And all of a sudden you're, you're in it and I don't, I don't want to make that commitment. You see, I want to just side note and say that we have ministries here not because we want to have coffee or we want to have children's ministry, or we want to have attraction for attraction's sake. The reason why we have ministries in our church is because of people. That's the reason why we do everything we do. If we didn't care about people, we probably wouldn't put any time into scheduling. We wouldn't put any time into making, creating these environments, these platforms for personal connections. So we do this because we love people, and God wants us to go deeper into relationships. No matter what the ministry is like, it always comes back to people. Guys, in my life, I had a fear that the devil was around every corner just trying to mess up my life. I had a fear that I wasn't going to be able to achieve all the goals that I had for my life. That maybe my, the goals that I had for my life weren't even godly goals. I definitely was afraid of commitment. I was afraid to share myself with others. Here's one. I was afraid to pray for people for healing because what if God wouldn't heal them? That's a big one. But that's not what God says, right? That's not what God says at all. I want us to look into uh, Scripture here, Luke 17, to hear what Jesus says about fear and, and what Jesus says about uh, this issue of, of uh, our faith in God's word. Luke 17, 3 through 6 says this, pay attention to yourselves, and that's with an exclamation point, <laughs> pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, <laughs> you must forgive him. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you, have had, if you had faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Why did I choose to throw that verse in here when it comes to fear? Well, 
you need to understand that the disciples just heard something incredibly hard, that what Jesus just suggested was absolutely impossible with human capability. Think about all the people that have wronged you in your life, and, and it was difficult and to face that one person and to say, I forgive you, and then seven times. There's, there, it was fearful because what they realized is that they didn't, they didn't have it in them, and they realized that this is a principle of the kingdom of God. It was a very fearful moment. They didn't know how to accomplish that. But Jesus answers them, and they, he says, faith. It's faith. The antidote for fear is faith. See, a mulberry tree has, think of it like this. It's like saying to a, um, a mid-sized New Hampshire maple to uproot itself and move into the sea. And these don't really congregate around seas if you go out to Rye Beach. <laughs> we're, talking, we're talking faith. That, that was a tremendous task to ask. You know, for a lot of people, having faith to call a leaf down, not in prime foliage season, but during the middle of, the, you know, the, the green year, to, to even just call down a, a leaf off of a, off of a maple tree. Some people don't have enough faith for even that. So what Jesus is saying is that, would you stop looking at yourself and stop allowing yourself to be ruled by fear and have faith in what God says? Faith makes it possible. Faith is believing in God's word. I want you to think about the things that are, you're struggling with in your own life. What are the things that you're bound by? What are the things that in your life you're, you're fearful of? Let's take a moment and just ask yourself that question. What is it that I'm, what I'm struggling with? What am I afraid of? What's preventing me from stepping out? See, I think in American culture, we have this problem, and that is that we, in the American modern culture, fear pain. We fear suffering. And on a wide scale, we fear being inconvenienced. Why don't we reach out to our neighbors as much as aggressively as what the Bible calls us to do? right? Why aren't we sharing Jesus with our neighbors? And why aren't we, what is holding us back from that? But, you know, I think that a lot of people would say we're just too busy. We make ourselves busy. We make an excuse. You know, in recent pop culture, a beautiful soul had said it right. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, why did that resonate with so many people? Because it's so many people that's true. Right? Let's take life groups, for instance. This is, this is just, a, you know, a lot of these issues come down to things. These are excuses. And life group, why don't some, some people just connect with life group? And, they, and everybody, see, what's preventing you from a full, abundant life full of fruitful experiences and friendships. And this is not a life group message, but I'm using this to really point out a, a real thing here. Some people are afraid. 
they throw me uh, excuses. Well, my kids would be out too late. Or there isn't a night that really works for me. Or I'm afraid of opening myself up to that many people. Um, or it's too far away. My favorite is um, I just don't get anything out of it. <laughs> Ouch. These are all excuses. And I need to throw this in here. You want to get something more out of church and more out of life group? I want you to think about this and recite this to yourself. This is a mantra that every one of us need to live by. Don't go to church or life group to get. Go to give. And that will change everything for you. Literally everything for you. In fact, the opportunities that God desires for you to experience have a lot to do with that just simple little, don't go to get, go to give. That changes everything. At this point, I want to ask Brian and um, Stephen to come up. These are two guys that um, are in life group together, and, you know, they share with me some things, and it is exciting to hear um, from a couple of people that have overcome fear. And they'll be able to, hey. <laughs> so I'm going to give you the mic, bro. Yeah. So your story is that you weren't afraid to go to life group. But because of your work situation, you couldn't make. You had a legit thing. I mean, the nights that would, you work evenings. So go ahead, share your story. Uh, yeah, so uh, I work second shift. It's an off shift. And all the life groups are at like 6.30 at night during the week. So I was sitting here at church one night when the uh, life group sign-ups were. And God's telling me, well, what about Sunday mornings? And I'm like, well, there isn't one on Sunday mornings. And he's like, well, start one. And I'm sitting there like, no. <laughs> but... uh that day I went out there, I filled out a form, I was not expecting anyone to show up, and then two people signed up that night, and we had our first life group, and it really changed my life, and about three weeks in, that's when uh, Stephen joined up, and I will uh, give the mic to Stephen. Hey. Okay, so what am I supposed to talk about my fears? I got plenty. Well, yeah, I mean... Keep it short. Just real quick, just tell me, you know, with regards to stepping into life group and sharing about yourself. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, well, I'll just, I'll just put this out there. The reason that I still go to this church is because of the experiences I had in life groups. Amen. Uh, that's it, because Sunday morning services stuff, that's kind of weird for me. I don't know if you're like me, but I look around, I see a bunch of people I don't know. And what I like to do is play my old favorite game, which is to make up generalizations about everybody so I don't have to talk to them. And do it with a little bit of information. I like to think I'm skilled at that, but uh, it's very foolish. Uh, because then I go back to my default, which is scorekeeping, which is wonderful in church. So I look around, I say, okay, some of these people, a lot of these people I feel inferior to, based on nothing. Some of them I feel superior to. Ugh, that's kind of gross. But I'm afraid of all of you. So... 
And it will remain that way for me as long as I prevent myself from getting close and I keep you at arm's length and I don't let you in because I'm afraid that if you see what's in here, you're going to leave. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people who have had experiences like that in church where people have left. And that's kind of unfortunate. Well, anyways, uh, reeling it back, um, Brian's life group. Uh, I knew Brian from, I helped out with ushering with him because I finally decided to get over my fear of serving because I couldn't do it without being resentful. Thank God that changed. Mm. Um, so I met Brian through ushering, and I remember my first impression, I'm sorry, Brian, but I was like, uh, I don't know about this guy. <laughs> I was like, you know, yeah, that's nice. I'll, I'll be nice. I'll say hi to him, but, you know, that'll be it. That'll be it. And then I talked with Kevin, and he said, hey, Brian is doing a life group, because I told him, I'm not in a life group. He says, oh, yeah, yeah, Brian's doing a life group right now. I was like, oh, that's nice. That's great. Uh, He's like, hey, you know, do you think you could do that Sunday morning? I was like, ha, ha, ha. Dang, I don't have anything that I'm doing on Sunday mornings now that they're on Saturday (laughs) nights. So uh, I prayed about it, and I realized, I've been, why am I purposely been avoiding Brian? He hasn't done anything to me. It's my fear. I'm afraid what happens if I actually start talking to him. And so I prayed about it. And God said, look, just go. It's ridiculous. You're being stupid. So I said, okay, all right. So I went. And the first time that I went, uh, the other two people in our group, Chuck and Kat, weren't even there. So I said, okay, Brian, I'm not in on the curriculum. you got to fill me in. So I went over to his house, and we had a nice long chat. And it was great because I was able to get over my fear about, you know, oh, you know, what if people don't like me, or oh, what if we don't get along, or, you know, what if we got conflicts or stuff, but that's part of being in a family. So, uh, yeah, it's been a really great experience. I've been able to let myself be known, and it's nice to be in a group where I don't feel like I'm in this constant worthiness contest with other people, mm. because if that's the case, if I'm in a worthiness contest with all of you guys, you know what that means? You're all my enemies. And you have to be destroyed in order for me to feel fulfilled. <laughs> and that's terrible. Who wants to go to that? So, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's really cool. It's awesome. just amazing that... I'll just say one more thing. I'm, I'm kind of rambling here. But uh, uh, I've had experiences in the past with life groups with the church that I used to go to. And the thing that amazed me the most about it was I would go into these groups... And there'd be all sorts of weird people there. And usually the person who I thought was the most uninteresting or just the weirdest person there, I would hear the voice of God speak through them. That's a very humbling moment, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're preoccupied with saying, what the heck is their problem? I don't like them. I wish they'd leave. And then you hear the word of God spoken through them. So because of that, and it happens consistently, that's why I keep going. Uh, because my view of how people are is very, very narrow. I'm not as knowledgeable of other people as I'd like to think I am. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, thank goodness for life groups. All uh, right. So, yeah. Right. Give these guys a round That's of applause. Well. Thank you for sharing, my friends. And I want to share with you something. Um, you guys you guys can step down, but I just want to let you guys know the, that Brian there, if you remember him, he only wore black. And uh, now, and he had a huge beard. And I love beards. 
But what God did through life group and through relationship, I'm telling you, the man is a totally different man because people investing in one another, loving on each other. And um, yeah, I'm just proud of those guys. Um, and so, you know, Brian and Stephen right here, we got, we got that going. So, community. Now, um, I want to jump back into Scripture and bring some legitimacy to the Luke 17 message that I had given you, the, the, the Scripture 17. In Matthew 17, there is also another area of Scripture that actually uh, reiterates a, a, a moment where the disciples are talking with Jesus, and Jesus once again, and I can tell you this right here, it's Matthew 17, 14 through 20. The disciples go to heal a man who had a son who was epileptic, who had a demon within him. Now, now I'm not saying that people that, that have epilepsy have demons, but in this case, Jesus says it was. And the disciples could not heal this boy, and they were frustrated. And there was a sense of fear that they couldn't do what it is that God called them to do. And Jesus says again, because of your little faith. See, that's, here's, it comes back to this thing. They were fearful because their faith did not overcome their fear. See, so I truly say to you that if you have faith, like a grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here and there, and then it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Do you understand what Brian had to, to overcome in his life was taking a step of faith, moving out when God said to move out, and in that very minute, the Lord God moved right? The Lord God moved in his life, and there was great connection, and something incredibly fruitful came out of it. See, nothing is impossible for you if you believe in the Word of God. That is the whole crux to this message. This is not necessarily just about the issue and the root of fear, but that, see, faith is the opposite of fear, Whatever it is in your life, you need to trust the word of the Lord God. And you guys can definitely come on up. And See, I believe that um, we need to remember that when we ask of God anything, if it lines up with Scripture and lines up with the will of God for your life, that you will be able to ask and receive. Right? He, not, he didn't just do that for yourself. He's doing it with others. And in, in John, uh, James 2, verse 18, James is addressing the church. James 2, 18, it says, But some of you will say, You have faith and I have works. Basically, one or the other, right? And then James comes back and says to, uh, to, uh, to almost rebuke that, Show me faith apart from your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. And what he's saying is that you cannot have faith apart from works. And works, faith is action. Faith is action. And, and it requires obedience. You walk in step in faith. You walk in step with God. And then you begin to see things unlock. Here's the thing. You cannot have faith in God, and you can't do good works. Let me just say that again. You can't overcome fear without faith in God, and you can't do good works without being in relationship with people. Do you understand this? why I'm trying to pull together this aspect of community and faith? You cannot have 
one without the other. You cannot believe in God and not be in community. Because faith is action. Faith is active and it requires others involved in that, in that action, in that moment. In your life to see fruitfulness come out of this. See, even God, he, he desires believers to be together. And Jesus says, he prays in, in John chapter 17, verse 20 through 21. Jesus prays that I pray for those who will believe in me through their message. I pray also for those who will believe in me through, uh, through their message. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Do you understand it goes hand in hand. That God desires us in community. And it's a very intimate thing. And it's and that's pretty much all the time. Right? Sometimes we put limits on our getting together. Well, we got our church service and then we've got our life groups, and that's pretty much it. No, that's actually supposed to be a lifestyle of togetherness. Because if you want to see miracles, be in relationship. If you want to see God move, be together. I don't see very many miracles happen outside of togetherness. See, fear will rob you of everything. The joy, the move of God in your life, the next steps in your walk with Jesus, the freedom that he wants you to experience. He wants to give you freedom. Have you prayed, God, give me faith to love other people. Have you prayed that in your heart? God, give me love for others. I know you have from time to time, especially with those that rub you the wrong way, but how about everybody? The people that you see in this room. Let's do this. Everybody stand with me together. Let's pray. Father God, tonight we know that you're communicating this idea, this idea that faith is the opposite of fear and that we do not have to fear. That your, your heart is for us to believe your word. God, would you help us overcome our fear of commitments, our fears of being inconvenienced? God, our fears to forgive others, God, even for the, the, the fears of being discipled. God, give us your word and let us trust in you to help us through the process of change, or even having to, to experience pain. Father, I love your word, and I know that you say that you take away our pain, but we need to experience pain before you take it away. There's a purpose for it. And so, Lord God, when I look at it, the changes or the, 
areas of commitment in my life I need to, to be loyal to, Lord. Coming together, coming to church every weekend and being in relationship with other believers throughout the week, not just on life group nights. God, but help us. Let's take it one step at a time. Lord God, give us freedom, even in the midst of of this pushing out that you're doing, this rising up that you're doing in our hearts. Father, we love you and we thank you for what you're doing inside of us as a church, as a body. You're sharpening us and you're bringing us into alignment with you. Because your desire is to make this bride strong. The church is your bride. You desire to see this body grow. And Father, I pray that you would entrust us with the lost in this community. Because we will have faith in your word to love each other so deeply that we can also love those that are coming into relationship with you in this community. And you're the one that calls in the harvest. God, you're the one that that brings them in. You call their names and you bring them in. We're to love on them. We're to commit to them as we're in relationship. We're to serve with them and serve them. Lord God, you, you, just like Pastor Kevin was sharing with the team this morning, the prodigal son, the servants came with robe and the ring and the shoes to give to the prodigal son that returned. Father, we would be like that. That we would come running. Yeah, God, we'll get the robe and we'll put it on them, Lord Jesus, and we'll celebrate with you. Lord, let these life groups just explode. God, let those that are on the fence or trying to find time, that they would just choose relationship and choose it for the reason that they need to be freed. Freed from some of these areas of fear. Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. We love you, Father God, and we just give you our future as a body. we love you and thank you that you've called us here. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't go anywhere right now. Two things. Because of the time, we, we're running a little late, but I, I want to call up a family, the Leones, and we want to pray for them. Pastor Mark is here. Rosalind, I'd like you to come up as well and pray. Uh, Jesse, you can come up as well. And this beautiful family have has served us. These, these guys have been like these two little Lego guys the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. This family is moving on from Grace Capital Church. But I can tell you that. Okay, moonwalk backwards, <laughs> collect myself, come back, coming on back. Um, you guys have been so amazing. The the service that you have done to our kids, 
unbelievable. You guys have really thought through so much. And uh, you're pouring out the relationship. You guys have been here from the very beginning. And we are a campus because of your investment. Yeah, that's great. Just as families come, families also go. That's a part of seeding. For, for all of us, this is hard because we have relationship. And it's always hard to kind of let go. But it's not a letting go in the sense of relationship. It's just the day-to-day. And we're one, we're one body. And so wherever they end up going is going to be, I mean, it's just relationship. And we want to pray for you. We want to release you, send you off with a blessing and say thank you so much for giving of yourselves, for being so faithful and loyal. Be the, 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 the people that are out there doing way beyond just children's ministry. So thank you, guys. Yeah, we honor you. Let's pray. You guys have a word, too. Lord God, we love this family. And when you call us to, this is, this is the fear thing. It's sometimes fearful to make a, n- a new step, to take a new step, change, movement. I wasn't really thinking about this when we were talking about this particular message, but you guys are living it. But you're believing that what God has called you to do is right. That God is going to bless you as you step out. And if you didn't step out, then you would miss out on what God desires for you and your family. Everybody can stretch their hands and we just we just want to pray for them. Father, I just lift up Anthony and Elizabeth Leone and the kids. Father, thank, thank you so much, God, for their uh, relationship that they have been such a strong pillar in this church served without without complaining loved our kids poured out being places they didn't want to be but Lord thank you for the joy and the growth the things that you have showed them in this three years almost three years that they have been with us we release them Lord God, with a blessing. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I was just thinking, uh, Anthony and Elizabeth, of the time, Anthony, when you were, I believe even before you were married, you were journaling with us in Concord. Liz, I remember back when you were just a teenager in youth group. And to see where God has brought both of you guys is, is amazing. And I just, I see both of you actually as a seed that's going to be planted in a new place that's going to produce great fruit. But it was your training ground at Grace Capital Church that's prepared you for this next season. Father, I thank you for this couple, this family who has, uh, as Pastor Jorgen has already said, has given so much. Father, I just do uh, pray for their next season 
uh, which is going to be a fruitful season. And God, I just thank you for the privilege that uh, I personally have had to walk with both of them over all these years and to see where they are now in their in their life. Yes. We thank you for them, and we actually just pray a, a blessing over them. The Father, that the days ahead are incredible for this family, mm-hmm. incredibly fruitful for this family. Father, I also pray for these kids. And Lord, I, I know there's some younger here than older. And uh, for them, it's just going to be, hey, we get to go do some different things. But Lord, I just pray also this is a, a season for their family to even bind closer together. Father, I pray a blessing on the, these, these kids. Father, that this uh, would be an absolutely incredible time for this family. Lord, I just pray that there would just be some seeds that are in each of these kids that are just going to flourish as well. Um, God, I just, uh, as I saw them dancing during worship today, and I see little Silas here. He's been staring at me this whole time, and I love this family. I love these kids. God, I know you do too. Just give them a clear path for the next direction. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Just a funny little thought too. You started in this church when you were my son's age seven years old. That's amazing. So you've been with us for a long time. God bless you guys. And because on behalf of them, we are celebrating them tonight. And so we have a huge cake. There's a little cake. Don't touch that little cake. That's hers. That's a non-dairy cake. But uh, we have a big sheet cake for everybody else. And uh, go out there, love on these people. And there's a card out. If you have not yet signed that card, there's a card. Go sign it. It's over on the Info Hub. And let them know how much you appreciate and love them. And just linger. We love you guys. Have a great night. And lastly, if you have anything that you desire prayer for, I would like for you guys to come up and receive prayer. Amen. If you guys are not, if you guys are good, go out there and make an impact in this world for the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com.